We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, Knicks Nation, let's get into this. The New York Knicks face the L.A. Lakers tonight at home at Madison Square Garden. And the Knicks were looking to bounce back after losing to the Brooklyn Nets. Knicks would take out a quick lead, but after that, they would start bricking it up. They were just, they were just like Masons. And then as the Lakers were, they didn't, you know, the Lakers didn't have any prolific offense. They just, got their, they just got their shots. Knicks were just missing shots. But thankfully, once Emmanuel quickly came into the game, the tone just shifted. And then a the quick three-pointer, and they were right back into it. The Knicks would then enter the second quarter, being able to get a lead and ultimately end the half, having a one-point lead just because of a lucky Dennis Schroeder shot. But then, start the third quarter, Knicks would battle. The lead would go back and forth between them and the Lakers. And thanks to Jalen Brunson, man, because Jalen Brunson was the guy that was able to keep this team afloat. Without him, I don't know where they would be. Knicks would enter the fourth quarter, and the Knicks didn't. The Knicks weren't able to take that lead. Lakers just got right back into it. Thanks to LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you know, we had and just lucky shots from the three point from the from the corner three from Brown. And then you also had some help from the Zebras tonight as well. But once again, it comes down to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson was that dude, especially when he drew that charge on Anthony Davis late in the fourth quarter. You think the Knicks have the chance to seal this game especially the way Brunson was playing in the second half. He would have 18 points in total in the second half. Just, he had 10 in the, in the, sorry, he had eight in the fourth quarter, 10 in the third, but you thought that with that last play, it was going to go to him. Instead, Tom Thibodeau drew up a play to Julius Randle. Don't know why you decided to go to Julius Randle in that play after Brunson was the guy who got you to that point in the game. Randle would get the ball, try to drive baseline, stop instead of, attacking the rim and going for a layup. He did a turnaround, fadeaway jumper that would miss, and then we went into overtime, and we know how it all ended. Knicks, weren't, Knicks didn't have a chance in overtime. Lakers were just able to get shots. Another questionable call that the, the ball was at the apex after Jalen Brunson tried to go for a layup. And Rui Hachimura seems like a goaltend to me. J- J.D., I'm going to want your opinion on that, but it seems like a goaltend to me. In the end, Knicks would lose in overtime 129 to 123. 
And that's why you're all here, checking out on Knicks Fan TV Post Game Live with me, Alex Chateras, a.k.a. the Tratocaster. And with me on the other side is none other than JD Sports Talk. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Tonight we are taking calls strictly on the Discord. And remember, this show is sponsored by Manscaped. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. JD, my guy, how are you feeling, man? How'd you feel about this game? All right, so you guys hear me good in the chat? Everybody hear me good? Yeah, we should. We all hear you good, loud and clear, buddy. Loud and all clear. right. So this was a tough loss, man. It's I would term it an awful loss. Don't let the big names fool you guys. Don't let the names Anthony Davis. Don't let the names Russell Westbrook. Don't let the names, you know, the name the great LeBron James and and Dennis Schroeder and all these guys fool you. This Lakers team is not a great team. You know, they've they're they're coming in losing three of their last four games. I mean, I feel disrespected by, the, by this loss. These guys rested their last game against the Brooklyn Nets just to come into the Garden tonight and go home with a, with a win. I mean, how embarrassing is that? Like, how they're coming in already making this statement on national television that, you know what, we'd rather play at the Garden, we'd rather play you guys at home than play the Brooklyn Nets. That alone... Uh, should have motivated this team. And yet again, just like against the Brooklyn Nets, where Julius Randle in the postgame said, we weren't ready. Knicks didn't look ready to play tonight at the beginning. Um, they come, they came out struggling, and they were able to pick it up in the second half. Uh, they were able to pick it up after Julius Randle three-pointer off a timeout uh, in the first quarter, late first quarter. Julius Randle hit a three after a timeout, and that got the team going. They made like three straight baskets after that uh, between him and Grimes and Quickly. But Quickly came in, did the fake uh, three, shot the three on the corner. That got the team going. And there were ample opportunities throughout this game that they could have taken a lead and, and potentially even put the game away. And it's just, bro. We lost another game, and I, and I had mentioned, after we beat the Cavs, and then we, we, we go and we beat the Celtics on the mm-hmm. same network that the game was on tonight, on TNT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had said after that game, let's go in on a little bit of a run. doesn't have to be a consecutive win streak, but let's go and add some consistency. Let's build off this to validate the wins. Yep. Well, two games later, how do you really feel about that Cavs and Celtics win today? Does it really feel that valuable anymore? I mean, it is what it is at the record book. It, it is a win against the Cavs. It is a win against the Celtics. But how do you follow that up with two straight losses against the Nets without Kevin Durant? Um, and then a bad Lakers team that's still trying to figure it out. They're over here trading for uh, Hachimura, and they're still trying to make improvements. And you lose against a Lakers team that's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA. I think they only shot 33% tonight. Still find a way to lose. And in the end, Alex, I keep saying this. We're going to talk about different moments of the game. Mm-hmm. There was one play. Fourth quarter, we had the opportunity with 3.6 seconds. I know the fans in the chat know how many times when we are on the other side, of that moment, everybody's thinking, yup, we're the Knicks. We're our luck. 
<laughs> they're going to hit the shot. How many times has it happened? How many times have we seen Paul Pierce in that moment hit a game-winning shot against us? We saw it this year already with DeMar DeRozan. We've seen it a few times already this year where when we are on the other side of a late fourth quarter, last possession situation, we don't, you know, the teams execute against the Knicks, especially at the Garden. But here we are. We got the opportunity on national TV and we're on the other side. We finally got the ball with three seconds left. We finally have the ball. So it's either overtime or you get a chance to win the game. And we go to Julius Randle. And on top of that, we design a play for Julius Randle to go to the corner. How many times the walk Clyde Frazier says, the sideline is not always your friend. Defenders want to defend you to the sideline. LeBron James, an ex- exceptional high IQ player. As soon as he saw Julius Randle pivot to the, to the sideline, what did he do? He went to double. Put Julius Randle in a position to make a decision. That is the book on the Knicks. And I have no idea why Tibbs decided to go that route when at this point, I'm either, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm dying with Jalen Brunson. I might even die with Emmanuel quickly in that, in that position over Julius Randle. So disappointing loss. And, you know, who knows is after a game like tonight, Leon Rose thinks he needs to get OG and Anobi because Lord, Lord, do we know that Tibbs needs all the help he can get. So let's go to that. All right. Because let's pull up that tweet by Ian Begley right now, because Ian Begley did tweet out that uh, Thibodeau on the last play of regulation had this to say. There's three options on that play. So they have to read the defense. LeBron was on Jalen and Dave was on Jalen and Davis was on Julius. And depending on what they're doing, they can go either way. So there are options. That's why play is set up the way it is. So it's, I don't know, man. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing in that play? What are you doing? Are you going back to Brunson? Do you want Randall to go driving uh, down the middle to go barreling in and go do the layup? Are you, do, are you drawing a play for Emmanuel quickly? I mean, he was in there over RJ. RJ was benched for the rest of the night. So what direction are you going with this team? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, you know, I guess we have to watch the film. You know, can, can we postpone the show so we can watch the film five, six more times and then we can give a more of, a, uh, of an answer? Um, I'm sure that's what Tibbs would say. I understand the logic there, but here's the issue. How relevant is that in a three-second situation? It's not enough time. I mean, you're only reading the defense once you see who's matching up who once the, you know, on the inbounds. That's the only reading of the defense you're doing because once the ball inbounds, there's not that much opportunity to throw two or three passes around the court. So let's be honest here. In that situation, unless you're designing a quick one-pass play, you're going to one guy and you're saying he's going to you know, decide the game for us. And when he talks about you know, Davis being on Julius and LeBron being on Jalen, I mean, at the end of the day, are, are you saying that Jalen can't score on LeBron? Because Jalen was scoring on, on a lot of wings tonight. They had Hachimura on him. They had um, Troy Brown on him. Those are six, seven, six, eight guys. 
right? And Anthony Davis, a former defensive player of the year, who is a shot blocker, yeah. um, who can contest a shot. So uh, I would rather actually go with Jalen being able to, you know, do a quick one-step jab move and get some type of shot because at the very least, we've seen Jalen being able to get a shot over a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. The issue with going to Randall that situation is when you bottle Randall up, he either stops his dribble and kind of gets stuck, doesn't know where to go, or he throws up an ill-advised shot. So to me, when you're looking at three, four seconds, I would think it would be easier to guard a Julius Randall than it would to guard a Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson at those times is more on the aggressive side um, than passing the ball, but he still can pass the ball. Um, he still has the, that ability to beat you with the pass. If he sees a play, he goes to it. So um, that's why I, I, I understand what he's saying. He has to give an explanation, but I don't necessarily agree with that at that moment. Yeah, I agree with you. You go to Brunson in those moments. I mean, even when I spoke to CP in the past about this, you know, when we saw the clutch numbers from Fred Cassidy tweeted out not too long ago, you just see how good Brunson is in the fourth quarter and the way that he was able to draw fouls through both the third and the fourth Look, you got your 18 points, all right? You had 37 points tonight. The dude's cooking. Go to the guy who's cooking, and we've seen it before. And you see, even when he's going to the paint, he's, he's drawing contact from anybody. He's not afraid to attack the rim. If Randall's going to do it, you, gotta go, you just got to attack the rim, man. Try to draw the foul. Try. Okay? Just, that's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. Next question I got for you. RJ was benched in the fourth quarter, my man. And we had the lineup of Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Julius Randle, and Isaiah Hartenstein out there. Now, I didn't think RJ had it going tonight. Even though he had a little bit, he was starting to attack the, he was starting to attack the lane pretty well in the third quarter. But I thought defensively, he was still a little shaky, man. He was, I thought he was a little shaky tonight. And I wasn't upset with, quickly closing out the game just because quickly brings that energy. It's another ball handler just in case you want to get Brunson free out there. So I kind of, I was kind of, I was okay with that move. Granted, I understand like the optics of seeing RJ on the bench in the fourth quarter after you're getting a contract extension. But yet if we're going to hold players accountable, you're going to ask for guys who are performing well. Quickly's been performing well for the past couple of weeks. He's been a key part, too, next to Jalen Brunson right now and even Randall for why this team has been succeeding. So I wasn't too upset to see him and Grimes on the floor at the end of the fourth quarter. What were your thoughts on that? Listen, man, it's it's hard. Um, Let's be honest. You know, RJ was was terrible tonight. You know, he, he, he was terrible tonight. He's one of the big reasons why the team didn't win the game. You know, like, let's let's. Let's just be let's just be honest about it. He's he's a big reason why um, the team was 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 in that position. Um, he I don't think he made a three. I believe he was 0-3 from three tonight. Only had three rebounds, um, thirteen points, twenty seven minutes. Only played twenty seven minutes. Um, and the continuing frustration with RJ for me is it's year four. And defensively, he continues to get beat back door. Like he continues to be lost on plays where the wing would, would cut behind him, and he just has that, that snap second where he just gets stuck. 
And then by the time he catches up, the guy's already ahead of him and, and, and gets a shot or is able to create a play for, for a teammate. That type of thing is concerning. That's year four. You haven't made an adjustment there defensively. I don't think the fit, I don't think the fit is perfect for him. I don't think this is a great fit. And the dilemma with RJ is how good a player is he to where the coach um, and this franchise want to create an environment to, you know, put him in a position to where he succeeds. Because I've always used this word clunky with mm-hmm. this starting five. I, I, I used the same word last year when they had Evan Fournier and I talked about the slow foot speed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're thinking about, put, you know, adding OG, who I don't think is, he, he's, he's, a, he's a decent athletic player. Um, but I, I not necessarily think you're adding foot speed to the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me would be even more clunky. This is just not a great fit between him and, and Julius Randle. And I've continued to say that. The, the issue is, is RJ a bigger priority to this franchise than Julius Randle? Because I think we can have all the discussions, Alex. I think the conversation comes to that. Who's a bigger priority to Leon Rose, to Tom Thibodeau? Is it Julius or is it RJ? Because I think that's going to dictate the futures of both of those players um, on this team. And I think that's also going to dictate how they want to build the rest of the roster. And the reason I say that is because if you decide that RJ is a bigger priority, then you would be more flexible to smaller lineups, putting RJ in a position where he's with more athletic players around him or with more shooting around him. Um, You would be more flexible to having him, you know, play make a little bit more of these things. Here's the other dilemma to that, though. Is RJ good enough to warrant that type of responsibility? That's another conversation. So there's different layers to the whole RJ Barrett dynamic with the New York Knicks. But tonight, he wasn't good. He wasn't good, man. He just wasn't. And and it's frustrating. It's I mean, frustrating because put some pressure on the franchise. I understand this is not a good fit, but it's kind of what I've been saying with Mitchell Robinson and the Knicks, right? Mitchell Robinson is going to be a big conversation. The Knicks do need him. Their defense has been bad since he's been out. But even with that, Alex, we still have had an opportunity to win these games without Mitch. So you find a way. Julius has found a way with Jalen Brunson this year to play better. Jalen Brunson has come in here and he's played great. And and RJ has been, I think, very inconsistent and and at moments very frustrating as a player. And I agree with that. Look, and... This is where you start to see and you wonder about, you know, when you hear, even when you listen to Begley today, right? He brings up the wing options with Sadiq Bey, right? And you, and even in those conversations or even before that, where he was talking about OG and Anobi in that same video, you hear Thibodeau really being keen on Quentin Grimes and you see why. You see how, like, Quentin Grimes made impactful plays tonight, even though he didn't shoot, he didn't hit a three-pointer tonight. He went 0 for 5, but yet still went 6 or 12 from the field was aggressive in attacking the lane. He had that sick dime to Isaiah Hartenstein over the back. You know what I mean? And he just offers, it's stuff like that where you start seeing like, that's the type of thing where even when you start talking about OG Ananobi coming to this rotation and I bring it up where you bring up foot speed, I bring up a connector, I bring up a guy who relentlessly cuts, I bring up stuff that that front, that starting unit whacks, man. That it whacks. And with Grimes out there, you see what happens when he gets going outside of just shooting three and playing defense 
there's just more, there's a more of a, a, an easier flow to the game. And that's why the OG and Anobi thing is just like, I get it. The price is also like not where I want it to be, but let, let's keep this thing moving, man. One more question for you before we start taking some calls. Isaiah Hartenstein closed out this game tonight. You know, he played, what was he, had, uh, 40 minutes today. Jericho Sims only had 13 minutes. What'd you think about that call? It, it, it's tough because he, you know, he he comes out plus 10, 16 points, 13 rebounds, um, seven offensive rebounds. So you talk about playing that kind of Mitchell Robinson role of getting offensive rebounds. He covered that tonight, two or two for the free throw line. Do I blame him for that three point shot in overtime? No. I mean, it's ridiculous that he's taking the shot. A key moment in the game, and we're going to Isaiah Hartenstein. It reminds me of what Stephen A. Smith used to say, Rosho Nesterovich. We go to Isaiah Hartenstein and hit a, it's a shoot a three. The guy hasn't shot a three I don't know how long, right? And, and, and he shoots a three. Do I blame him for that? Um, I, I don't. Uh, the 40 minutes, I mean, what are we talking here? You know, it, it, it's probably a little too much, <laughs> but this tips, right? Um, I don't think Sims, minus 16 and 13 minutes, he looked a little bit overmatched tonight. Um, you would still like some more balance. You still like the player to get a little bit more of an opportunity to, to gain that experience. But, you know, for him to play 40 minutes, go 7 to 10, he had a solid game. Gave you a little bit of Nerlens Noel. Uh, flashbacks with the stone hands and key moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you're going to get this type of production from, from, from him, you're going to take it, right? You're going to take it, especially without Mitch. So, though he had a solid game overall, um, he's been playing a little bit better, uh, you know, lately. Yep. Uh, and, 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 you know, what more can, can you want from, from a player like this? I mean, you're asking to play 40 minutes. You're expanding a role player's role. When players get too many minutes, eventually you're going to see some weaknesses. So, I don't hold the minutes against him because that's a coaching decision. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And the thing for like Sims is that we're talking about him, you know, being pushed into a starting rotation while being a, you know, the third string center on this roster. And even though he offers you that defensive versatility better than Hartenstein and Hartenstein has played better these last couple of games, you're, we're going to see a tough matchup this week for Sims. You know, you just had Anthony Davis tonight. You're going to get Joel Embiid this week. Okay, um, it, it's it's you're gonna have Zubak. There, there is competition this week for Sims. And you get Bam, and you got Bam. It's gonna be it's it'll be tough sledding for Sims this week. So, not a great start. Hopefully, he can he can catch his legs and, and and figure it out because we're gonna need him. You know, we're gonna need him to play that he did against the Boston Celtics. Man, we're gonna need those fourteen boards because we're playing some tough teams, especially when we get to the Clippers. Man. Like Miami's going to be a tough team just because they're going to be just, they're just as defense they're a defensive team so they're going to be, they're going to make it they're going to muddy it all up make it make it slow grind everything out to the play style the Knicks like to do but it's still Bam Adebayo who you know all star consideration and then the rest of the week we we don't need to get into that right now where we're doing that but yo man it's Knicks Fan TV post game live we're here we're talking about it we're talking about it. So make sure if you want to call in and give us your takes and get, and get all that in, we're on the Discord tonight, no phone lines. Make sure to hit those thumbs up button for your boys, brought to you by Manscaped. And we're going to get to the phones right now, all right? So Cody Glock, get ready, man. We're going to hear, we got to get your takes in. How are you feeling? Cody Glock, what's happening, man? What's going on? 
Big fan TV, man. Shout out JD. Shout out Alex, man. Shout out Manscaped. I have zero turnovers because of Manscaped. I take care of my ball. Flashlight action. Um, It's been a tough little week, week and a half. I mean, Cavs and Celtics, like JD said, man, what does it really mean after that, man? Like, we see the Nets take care of business against the Lakers yesterday. And just for the Knicks to just, like, blow it off like that, man. Like, come on now, man. RJ, it's like everybody's looking expendable except for, you know, my main man, Mitchie. He's not no snitchy. And JB, you know, those are the only two people that's not looking really expendable for the Knicks right now, man. Like, and I'm I'm tired of the chat saying OG's not that good and he he ain't gonna cut it for the Knicks. Then they're not putting enough respect on OG, man. I'm sorry my voice is a little low. My baby's sleeping and stuff. I ain't trying to wake up. I thought you were just very depressed about tonight's nice loss. <laughs> nah, it's the baby. I ain't trying to wake up, man. RJ had some seeds in his cush, man. I don't know what's up with him lately. I mean, last game he put up some numbers, but what does the numbers really mean when you get a a result like this and the loss after the Nets? Like, huh, it's just a lot, man. We miss Mitchie, man. Mitchie gets everybody confidence on the perimeter because they know they're going to funnel him to Mitchie and Mitchie's going to just grab that and do something, man. We need him back, and we do need OG, man. That's that's my take. Rapid fire, man. Shout out Longmower, flashlight action, man. Come on. And that was Cody Glock on the line. Appreciate you calling in, Cody. Trade uh, for OG. Trade for OG and Anobi. All right. JD, you, 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 you weren't on weekly with us last night. How, and I know I you just should have asked me. Of course. Oh, well, why would I not ask you? Trade deadline season. Got to get your thoughts, man. Uh, I mean, you, talk, you, talk, you talked a little bit about it. What are your whole thoughts on the entire OG and Anobi situation to begin with? Yeah, I'm on the fence, bro. I'm on the fence. Um, there's one day I wake up and I say, all right. The other day I go, eh. Um, I, you know, I think when, when, when you're on the fence, it's, to me it comes down to what the price is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to – people are saying too easily unprotected. Like, uh, you sure? I mean – you know, when 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 a team like let's look at their current performance right now. They're three games over five hundred, but it's it's a it's a weird thing because the team is technically, I guess, ahead of last. I mean, they're they're better than last year, but it's like the way that they got to the to this point, right? You're three games over five hundred. Any little three, four, five game winning streak, you're boom, eight games over five hundred. But they still haven't been able to show you that because. We win a few games, we win eight, we lose five, we win two, we lose three. That thing scares me when you're talking about giving up an unprotected for a guy that's not a star player. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at OG's injury history, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good. And, and I don't care that he, you know, the whole, he tore his ACL in 2017. He's been able to recover from that in terms of explosion and stuff like that. But it's all the other injuries he's had where he's playing 40 to 40-something games. What if that happens? And Tom Thibodeau's here, and this team is going on these, like, things just hits the fan. 
You just gave up an unprotected pick. Anything can happen at that point. I think when you, when you, in the end, when you're looking at giving an unprotected pick, an unprotected, meaning, yo, we, we have one injury, <laughs> this guy can get a, you know, we get a top 10 pick. When you get to that point, you better be sure that the player you're getting is taking you to a next level of a record and as a team. And when I say as a team, I'm talking about OG comes here for an unprotected pick and we can lose Julius Randle for a month and we won't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. We can lose, you know, Jalen Brunson for a month and we're still going to be competitive. Like that, ha- you have to have a team that's able to overcome that. Like the Denver Nuggets, Denver Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray and look at how they, how, how they were able to still be a good solid team. Like, if you're not on that level to where you can overcome adversity, you can overcome injuries, then I'm okay giving an unprotected pick for said player. I don't know if OG gets you that. And I also, I'm just not the biggest fan of this coach, so it's tricky for me to do that trade. Now, if you're talking 2-3 of the protected, then maybe. The last thing I'll say, Alex, if they do get OG, and this is... This is just my personal perspective. I think RJ's in trouble. I agree with that. If they get OG, I think RJ's future here immediately becomes in question because I just don't see how you can just put RJ at the two, who I who I do think it's actually a little bit more of a natural position than the three, but I just you're adding to the clunkiness between OG at the three, him at the two. Like, you don't have that dynamic. So I think when you look at how easy they were ready to trade him for Donovan Mitchell, when you see now how easy Tibbs is willing to bench him, you know, obviously it's warranted because IQ's playing great, but look how easy it is. He, does he do that to Julius? I mean, Julius was like 3 or 14 at one point this game, and Obi's coming in hitting a 3, and Obi's still getting benched after 3 minutes. I was shocked actually Obi came back in in the fourth quarter, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> you see what I'm like, you see what I'm saying in terms of I don't know that this coach in this front office are big RJ fans. So I just look at the evidence and I think if, if they make this move, then unless RJ comes in and just really puts, like I said, puts pressure on the organization, his days might be numbered. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at three things, right? Leon Rose wasn't the, the, the president of basketball operations who drafted him, right? Scott Perry was under that regime, but he's the only guy from that regime that's still left over. You, you saw how they were ready to move him for Donovan Mitchell, right? You see that. And then you talk, if you did go out and get OG, I know I agree with 100%, 100% with you. I think like, it's, it's manageable at the two, especially with Mitchell Robinson protecting back there. But then... I don't know why you would want to lose the, the speed of, of Quentin Grimes, man. And we just keep hearing how much Tibbs really loves Quentin Grimes. I just find that to be very, I find that just to be very difficult. And so even though you wouldn't be able to, to, to trade RJ this season, I do agree that he puts, you're putting him out there if you do go get OG Ananobi. Definitely for the following season. And, 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 and I think, like I said, I think before any decisions made on Tibbs in terms of the future, they're going to make a trade and give Tibbs an opportunity to, to go to the next level. 
I mean, when you when you overcome the the the, the pressure, the fan pressure, the the calling for his job over the past couple of years, and he survived that. Um, to me, you get to this point of his contract, which was a four or five year contract. Leon Rose is not going to make a decision until he gives Tibbs one more player, whether that's OG, whether that's someone else in the offseason. They're going to make an attempt, and that's to me because of their loyalty to the head coach. Um, and I think the more they extend it, the more time they buy themselves. If they make a move tomorrow, they go with Johnny Bryan. Guess what? The, top, the clock starts ticking on Leon Rose. Kind of yeah. like an NFL in the NFL. Once, you know, you come in and you come in and that quarterback is not your quarterback. And now you get your quarterback the following season, a.k.a. Robert Sala with the Jets. The clock <laughs> is ticking. Do that. <laughs> the clock is ticking. That's just the way it works. And, and, and I think Leon Rose knows that. So the more he sticks with Tibbs, the more that he, times that he buys himself. Oh, for sure. But when they make that one move and they start giving up that unprotected picks and they start doing either from the head coach or from a player, then they're going to start to be, in, you know, get looked at closely. Um, so this is why I just don't know if I trust this front office, man, because if they rock with Tibbs, they're going to go with what Tibbs wants. I mean, think about it, Alex. The number eight pick, say what you want about Obi. Say, I have questions about Obi ceiling and all that stuff. But, bro, in year, what is it, year three? Year three. Year three of Leon Rose was, had his hands up. You saw that photo when he drafted him. Oh, yeah. And for them to rock with the fact that this guy, when he, t- when he plays 15 minutes, we got to take a shot of tequila to celebrate. <laughs> I mean, it's to that point. And they're rocking with that? How, how, how does that not tell you that they're going, they're listening that whole, to that coach, that they're being loyal to him? That whole situation. You trust that. Because if you, if you don't, we're, we're going to see. They're going to try to build this team around what Tibbs want. And they better be right, man, because... When you do this, you can set a franchise back long term. We got we got people in the chat saying you want OG and Anobi to get your guy Cam back in here. Actually, we are now changing the show to the Obi and Cam show because we got the Obi and Cam representatives. Now I'm just playing. We're we're, we're going to go back to the lines though. Let's go back to the phones. Nick Rinaldi, Nick Rinaldi, we're bringing you on the line, man. What's going on, Nick? How you doing? What do you got to say? <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I'm going to try to keep this as rapid fire as humanly possible. First thing, uh, Grimes played super, super well tonight, in my opinion. Um, I'm just, like, really excited, you know, to see, uh, you know, his future, his growth on this team. Obviously, like, the shooting is, like, a little... Uh, you know, something to keep an eye on, like, right now. But I think, like, the shots will fall eventually. He's only in year two. And that, that pass, like, late in the fourth quarter, running the pick and roll with Hardenstein, that was filth. Um, so, uh, he was just like a positive that stuck out from the game. Um, one negative thing I'm going to talk about is why do you guys think Tibbs made that play call at the end of the game? Like, I I just don't get it. If Brunson was cooking, like why you would draw up a Randall ISO or if the play fell apart, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Appreciate it, Nick. Have a good one. Uh, why do we thought the play design was like that? It's questionable because you had Brunson as the inbounder. 
I don't know. I kind of think like we we hear that read and react situation, and we go back to that tweet by by Begley, so we don't have to go too much into it. But I don't know. It should have gone to Brunson. Brunson was the guy cooking. I felt like Randall should have handed it right back to Brunson, who was right at the top of the key, could have drove right down the lane. He's been doing a good job of drawing contact all night. I felt like that was the guy who should have done it. That's just my opinion. I think I think it's it's when you have an eighty-two game season. Um. You know, you, you you are exposed to these situations like they're going to be many more games um, for the second half of the season. I think coaches just, you know, sometimes you try to get too cute. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, for example, let's say you, you go off, you know, the last three games, for example, right? Um, you've been in late fourth quarter situations and Brunson maybe hasn't been so successful. So now you know, you're in that same situation. So the coach is probably thinking, well, let me, let me try another option for this game. Like, let, let, let's go to option two. Let's, let's play decoy. Let's see how they, you know, and, and, and I think it's just a mix and match of plays where in the full season, you know, you go with a decoy kind of play where everybody, everybody's thinking it's going to go to him. They're probably, their defensive set is probably designed for this player. Let's go to this player. You've seen it sometimes, it works. Yeah, sure. Right, sometimes it works. Look at that. Look at that play against uh, the Grizzlies. Yeah, with Cam. that three man. <laughs> Cam. Grizzlies fell asleep. They probably felt that this is probably going to be a, a Julius off the inbound, or or, or maybe Brunson is going to get the ball back, and 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 it was Cam, right? So that happens in a season. Uh, but I just think that you got to read the game, got to read the room, got to read the rhythm. And tonight, Brunson had it um, all night. And I just felt like you should have went with him to, to close the game, no matter what the circumstances were. And I feel like that's, and I've said this on the show a couple of times, I feel like that's what Tibbs is, one of his weaknesses is that he's not feeling the rhythm of the game. Guys who are, you know, who have the hot hand, who are mean mugging throughout the game, who are, who are really energized, and you got to keep feeding them because they're just in a zone right now. Like, we're human, man, and players are human. Like, they're, they're you're like, we play pickup ball, you know, you realize when someone's cooking, you're just like, yo, that guy's got it going. Don't go away from them right now. The same thing translates into the NBA, that when a guy's cooking, a guy's feeling it, and you, there's just no rhyme or reason. Sometimes, you know, it's like Mel who drops 60-plus points on the night, you're just like, yo, he's got it. Just keep feeding him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, Brunson, in this case, he's the dude that's drawing the charges. You're seeing it. You're, like, watching it all unfold. You see the 18 points. In the second half, you see that Randall has the entire night. I sent out a tweet asking for him to stop shooting threes. At some point, you have to realize as a player that, all right, it's not working for me. And then as soon as he went driving in, getting to his mid-range shots, going down the lane and bully balling, he got back into a rhythm. But then he went back to trying to shoot threes again, especially that one chuck. I was like, come on, man. We don't need a heat check. We don't need a, like, like a, a whatever three in this moment. Like, we're, try- we're trying to win here. Like, let's, let's do this. Let's stay locked in. And, like, I just don't know how you can't see Brunson's doing it yet again. I get the whole decoy thing. And you got to figure it out and switch it up a bit. But the Knicks are in a position right now where if you're Tom Thibodeau, if you're this entire team and you're trying to save your job, you're trying to make the season impactful, every win counts against a Lakers team that is struggling. They just got Anthony Davis back. And we're going toe to toe with them. They got they're top heavy, man. They got you can argue that at, when they're both at their peaks, you got two of the top five best players in the NBA. And we went toe to toe with them. 
You know what I mean? So he got, I, I think he got flashback. I think he got flashback when, when when he saw when he saw LeBron on Jalen Brunson. He got he got nightmares of the days that LeBron James in his prime with the Miami Heat used to shut down Derrick Rose in the fourth quarters of those big games. So he's like, oh, maybe he's gonna shut down uh, Jalen Brunson in this big spot. And that's that that that's probably what was on his mind, <laughs> jokingly. Uh, other than that, I, mean, I I don't know what 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 was the you know what was the thinking there, but hey, um, hopefully they learn from from that bad play call, and and next time they 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 go to to the to the high hand. Hopefully the next time. Hopefully the next time. But let's get back to the lines, man. Let's get back to the lines. We got the official Michael White. Uh, on the on the line with us, Michael. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? Here, are you? Can you hear me? Yes, Michael. We can hear you. How are you doing? Oh, fine. I, I, I you know what? I'm, I'm really looking for them to trade poor Obi. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope they trade him. I mean, it's just torture to watch these games, and you know, Julius was having a bad night. And, you know, he can't even get the normal minutes he gets on in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I think there's an issue, you know, with the, with, with the Knicks. And, uh, you know, we should have won the game tonight. So, so then where do you want to see who, – who are you trading OB to and where, who are you trying to get back in return? What do you think the Knicks should do? I don't know what we should get back in return. They don't think much of him, so they shouldn't want too much back. They don't. And they don't play. I mean, who knows where Obi is? But I'd like to see him go to Indiana or Dallas. Indiana or Dallas? So you're thinking about Chris Duarte back? Who who yeah. in Dallas? Are we, who who in mean, Dallas are we getting back? That, <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't, I don't, be honest, I don't care who they get back because, you know, I'm just disgusted at the way they've treated him through these three years. You know, tonight was a, the worst example I've ever seen. I mean, he, he, ne- he never gave him a, a shot to play, man, and that's not right. But, so I mean, they, they've got other issues. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, the guy's in his, he's going to be in the contract year next year. I mean, if we don't trade him at, at at the deadline now, I mean, it's really not fair to him. He's got a contract to try to make. And he's not going to get it with, you know, five or six minutes a game. Yeah, he's not. And appreciate the call, Michael. Um, look, it's been, a tough, it's been a tough ride with the OB situation here. Me being part of the OB Hive, I wanted to see him get more minutes. I wanted to see him play. Every time he hits a three, and next thing you know, he's going back to the bench. So makes no sense. I'd like to see him get more minutes, but Tibbs is going to do what Tibbs does, which is he's going to rely on his top players, the guy who all those guys will log the most minutes. And it can be frustrating because when you look around the league and guys who are getting rest so that way they can be conditioned for the, the time that matters, March and April, and thinking about playoffs, you know, they're not going to be burnt out. But hey, <laughs> be like <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's tough. Um, it's tough as a Knicks fan. Um, it's tough to see because you know this city. We get very attached to homegrown players, right? Like that's just. I, I mean, I don't know what what organization or what market doesn't, 
uh, because everybody wants the homegrown players to be the stars of your team. You want those players to be a big part of an eventual championship contender. Like that's the whole point of these drafts. Um, that's that's the dream of many fans. Uh, fans prefer, ideally, an ideal in a dream scenario. You know, when you become a contender, you want more than half of those team, half of that team, that roster to be homegrown players. It just feels more satisfying. It feels better. Um, and is you just have more fun that way, but so it's it's just tough to see this situation. What do you say about Julius? You know, Julius has earned the play. I don't know that Obi has earned the opportunity to to play more than than you know in terms of his performance because he has nights where, like tonight, like you know, Randall has an off night to start out. You know, let's give Obi six, ten more minutes. And it's, you know, you continue to stay with the same template, you know, coaching and you go a night like tonight, like many nights, and Obi has a good shooting night and you, there's not much more that, that you see from him. The danger about a situation like this is people say, I want to see him go to Indiana. I would love to see him go to Dallas. You know, put him in the Phoenix Suns with, with Chris Paul. You think Leon wants that? <laughs> you think, you know, that's the fear where you give up on a player and you actually trade him to, you know, a good situation. And what if he blossoms? You know, it's funny because with the Toronto thing, I could actually see him going to Toronto. Um, I've seen some Raptors fans hit my inbox and say, Jitty, what do you think about his defense? Because they think if he's a Raptor and he doesn't play defense, they don't think Nick Nurse will play him much. So he might walk into a similar situation. Maybe that situation the Knicks front office wouldn't mind him going to. Let's trade you somewhere where, where you're not going to you know, make us pay. Uh, so that's also an interesting dynamic when you trade a, a, a young talent is sometimes the front office doesn't really want to you know, trade you to, to the best, best um, situation for you. Look at the whole cam thing that's going on. You know, and, and I hope, man, I hope this doesn't turn into another cam situation. Because, man, it's so looking that way. We go, if we go this season and he's still here next year, you, what's going to change? Nothing's going to change. You're going to go into a contract year where teams know he's in a contract year. His value is going to get even lower. I mean, th this, this, is, uh, this is very mind-boggling for me, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. But the thing I will say about this is that if he does trade Obi, you hope that on that trade – you're on a winning side or equitable trade. You know what I mean? Because then it won't look as bad. But if you, if you start talking about getting fleeced or not giving the guy opportunity and then you didn't get really anything in return, and it's hard because trades don't usually easily end up like that, it's going to look 10 times worse. Masai is smiling tonight. I'll tell you that. Masai Ujiri is smiling tonight because he's saying, oh, the Knicks lost. Uh, earlier today, there was, a, there was a report that the Memphis Grizzlies could make a run at OG. The Masai Ujiri leaks. The leverage plays are starting. He's happy every time the Knicks lose because he's probably thinking, hey, there's going to be pressure on that front office. You better not get fleeced by Masai Ujiri because he's definitely another low-key Danny Ainge. Hopefully not. But, yo, J.D., let's go to buy the numbers for this game because this, this game, it, it felt like, this is, since we know that this, this is a winnable game, um, uh, we know that this was a winnable game, but it felt like there was just key moments throughout the night that we just saw this just go sideways, right? Whether it was like the three-point shooting, trying to go 
like match uh, or, or try to beat the Lakers from downtown. Like Lakers went 11 for 33, Knicks went 7 for 34. We talk about, you know, the free throws were obviously the uh, the same tonight. No, nothing biggie. Um, about how many times we got to the line, it should be exact. But the place that, you know, I was looking for the Knicks to actually do better was, you know, rebounding. We kind of just essentially tied. Nothing too great from there. And, like, I'm also looking at the turnovers, man. Points off of turnovers. You know, like, we won. uh, Let's see here. We won the turnover battle. You know, we got 22 points off of their turnovers. But it didn't seem like we could capitalize on any of those moments. So, the biggest thing, though, is three-point shooting for me. Uh, Knicks just tried too much uh, to go to compete. But, hey. That's how, sometimes how it breaks. What, what were some of the key thoughts from you by looking at some of these numbers? It's tough, right? Because like, like you mentioned, you look at the, you look at these numbers and it's like, okay, we shot a lot of comparables here. We shot 32 free throws to 31 and we shot 87 and a half percent rebounds. We are rebounding by one. We have more offensive rebounds. Um, you know, steals is the same. We have less turnovers. We had nine turnovers. You don't win a game. They're 14. Uh, you know, 62 points in the paint. The Knicks continue to, you know, and, and that was also good because you have Anthony Davis in the paint. And you still were able to, you know, score 62 in the paint. You look at these numbers, man. It's, how, how did they lose this game? Right? So, to me, you know, I will say from a positive standpoint, 87.5% from the free throw line. You know, when you do that, you're going to give, especially this team, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to win. Um, I will say, though, when you look at, bro, <laughs> you saw that Dennis Schroeder shot? I hated that shot. I hated that shot so much, man. That was like the luckiest shot of all shots. Bro, I don't even think, can Stephen Curry do something like that? That was wild. Like, he literally did a Curry. Like, that was even more blatant where Curry shoots the corner threes and then he just looks off, but he still looks at the ball a little bit, and once he sees halfway, he has confidence going to go in. Bro, Dennis Schroeder threw it up with a contest. Mind you, with a contest. Throws it up, and he starts turning around like, man, forget this. And he made the shot. When you look at that three-point shot, and then you look at the Max Christie he had a wild shot from the corner mm-hmm. um, quickly, too, um, falling away. That's six points right there. And what was the final score? 129-123. Those two wild shots, you lost six points right there in, in tonight's matchup. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. You know what also annoyed me, man, is that we had uh, Brown Jr. just knocking down threes, like critical threes in this game. So between the Dennis Schroeder heaving up a prayer and just, like, not even caring. He didn't even think it was going to go in. He played it off so well, like, nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, cool, I did it. But, like, he, he thought, he didn't think that thing was going in. Between that, Brown Jr. Rui's looking, looking good for the Lakers, though. <laughs> Got oh, that it's guy. Funny. It's funny when you give up a few second-round picks and, you know, you play a, a, a wing. He's looking good with the, with the Lakers, right? Mm. And I wonder, I wonder if the Knicks have someone that maybe could be in a similar situation. But, you know, I'm not going to go there. Mm. Talk about playing a guy that you traded for. Talk about a guy that you didn't play at eight. 
We got the resident hives tonight. You know, you know that action. You know that action tonight. All right, but hey, those are by the numbers, and by the no- numbers is presented by or brought to you by Prize Picks. So, Prize Picks. If you don't know about it, it's a fun way where you can just choose players, up to two to six players, to score more or less than, you know, points, rebounds, or whatever the respective po- uh, the sport is. If it's football, passing yards, rushing TDs, so forth, you can choose up to two to six players, and you can win up to 25 times your money for any entry. Um, you're not competing against any other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available. And, you know, for it's... It gets available for all sports, NFL, NBA, baseball, hockey, golf, you name it. They cover all those sports. And you can make an entry within 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and and you also have quick withdrawal. So within like five minutes, if you feel like you want to change your mind, you could always delete it. So for tonight, you know, it's Taco Tuesday. And had to choose Taco, you know, on Taco Tuesday, they give you some of these deals where they had Nikola Jokic. With more than tw- more or less than 25 and a half, I decided to go with more than that. I also decided to go with Manuel quickly more than one and a half threes, and he hit on that. Still waiting, I'm still waiting for, uh, for Jokic and seeing how this score is going. Let's see. I'm just pulling up right now, see where that's all at. But other than that, I also chose – I like to do these first half things, J.D. I don't know about you. And Randall's usually good in the first half when it comes to scoring. He averages about nine. He averages nine points in the first quarter, and he can maintain up to like five or six, somewhere between there, five or six in the second. So I thought, hey, tonight was going to be a lock. He shot terribly tonight. Should have gone with the rebounds, man. I was thinking about the rebounds too for Randall. I should have gone in that direction. Went complete, completely uh, in the wrong direction for that one. I then went with LeBron James uh, for the point for the com- uh, combination of. Points, rebounds, and assists. And I believe that total was at 41, 42 and a half. And he surpa- surpassed that with 49 just because I knew it's LeBron James. He's going to have to meet that. And then I also took Donovan Mitchell to get more than 12 and a half points in the first half. And usually he's like the same as Randall. He's usually really good in the first half. He's averaging about 15 points between the first and second quarter. So I thought I was going to hit on that, but I missed on him and Randall in the first half. Uh, still waiting on the Jokic, unless that game is finished. Well, my computer is being real slow right now, so I can't even tell you what has happened in that game. Ah, there we go. It is the... We got two minutes left in the first quarter, and Jokic's already got 17 points. So it looks like I'm about to go three for five. It'll be a solid night for me. Not what I want. Not, not the full five for five, which I'm looking for, but I'll take three for five, get something back in return. How'd you do tonight? I did great because I didn't play. <laughs> I yeah, I, I got I got in. Um, you know, I missed the seven thirty slot because usually, like Prize Picks, if the other games when it's a seven thirty slot, the game started at like seven forty. Yeah, so I'm able to put a ticket in right up until tip off. But these TNT games I always forget like they're really on time. Mm-hmm. Um, these 7.30 games started like 7.33, 7.34, even, even, you know, on a minute or a minute two after. So I wasn't able to get um, a ticket in, but I'll definitely play next time. All right, and there you have it. So make sure to download Prize Picks or go to their website, and you can play there. And, you know, they'll do, they'll do a 100% match up to $100. So if you put in $100, they'll match your $100. So you'll have $200 
uh, to play with. And when you do that, make sure to use the promo code KFTV when you sign up for an instant deposit, like I said, for a match up to $100. So make sure to use the promo code KFTV. I know a lot of people are going to be tight, Alex, because I see, see, I'm looking at CP's ticket. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of people put a lot of money on LeBron James tonight. His, his number was 28 and a half points. Mm. I can only imagine how many, you know, how many thousands of people put a LeBron James in their ticket and took the over. Cause you're thinking LeBron James was going like 40 every game now, ever since he's close to the, the all time mark. And, you, you, you know, he takes a day off. He's at the Garden. Everybody thought he was going to hit 40 tonight. And then he scores 28. <laughs> oh, man, I know a lot yeah, of people. You got to go with the points, rebounds, and assists. The points, rebounds, and assists. This man's yeah. the point guard of that team. That's why you got to yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I would have taken him on the points. That's why I know a lot of people will be tight tonight. Oh, man. Well, better luck next time, CP. <laughs> better luck next time. All right, back to the back to the Discord. Oh, here we go. Harrison Dolan. Harrison Dolan, we're bringing you in. What's going on, Harrison? How you doing today? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, me? Yep. Yes, sir. Oh, hey. How you doing? I didn't know I was uh, put through, but how you doing tonight, guys? Good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Tough loss. Tough loss. But uh, appreciate you taking my call for sure. If you're watching, hit the like button. So, yeah, I uh, my apologies. I went into overtime with my takes the other day, so I'm going to keep it real short tonight. I was just talking with a friend of mine today, and we were talking about Quickly and Grimes. And I want to know, really, like, what are the differences in their games where Grimes was kind of just unspokenly assumed to just roll into that starting spot while Quick was on the bench, you know? So on the surface, they're both good at threes. They both drive to the basket, good defenders, rebounders. And Quickly's kind of a better facilitator, as far as I can tell. But Grimes kind of sees, like, seems like he's regarded a bit higher by the fan base and by the NBA media in general. So just want to have your take on Grimes and IQ. I know they're both great players, 
But uh, what kind of separates them from uh, each other in terms of play style? Thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it, Harrison. Have a good one. Um, I don't know. That's kind of like, I guess what I would say for the decision with Grimes over quickly is that we've seen quickly in that backup role for more. We've seen quickly in that backup role since he's come to the Knicks, right? And I think with him, you look to hit, you look for him to be that spark. The question it was never like, we know his defense got better, but the things that we didn't know coming into the season was was he going to drive that much? He's driving actually at, at a pretty good rate because he didn't drive that many times into the lane as a rookie. Now he's up to somewhere between seven to eight drives per game, getting close to those double digits. Then you also have uh, his his shooting, which has been very consistent over those last couple of weeks. So I think it was more so more so his ability to consistently shoot, but also like the defensive versatility, right? Like I think with Grimes, it's not what I think is when you watch it, Grimes has been put on to Pascal Siakam. You're asking him to guard Kyrie. You're asking him to do a lot of things. And for right now, you're not asking a lot of offense from him. And when quickly he's out there, yes, he's giving you great, he's giving you great defense. And he can score as well. But I think the idea is that you don't want to tire him out where you're not getting the offense from him. And I think you'd rather put all that pressure on Grimes to just be a 3AD player. And if he gives you something else throughout the night like he did tonight, you kind of take that as a win. That's my thought on the whole situation. You know, um, everything you just said about IQ in terms of you, you just basically described the progression of his game, of his development. You know, first year, he had those, remember those crazy floaters? He would come off, he, he'll get a pick, and he'll throw floaters from the free throw line. I mean, fans, uh, remember that. And, and he, people start calling him a chucker and this and that because that's the first mm-hmm. impression we got from him is these wild shots. And a lot of times, half of the times he would make it, but when he didn't, they didn't look good. And that rookie year, he was, he was a bad defender. Um, he didn't come into the league as a as a plus defender. And then year two, saw a little bit better progression in terms of he decreased that. And then now you see more of a complete balanced offensive game and he's more controlled. I say that because I'm going to have the same patience with Grimes. Grimes is going through the same progression that IQ had mm-hmm. where, you know, it's going to take time. And right now, like what you see now, even tonight, Right? He was 0-5 from 3. That's frustrating to see. Mm-hmm. How about the inconsistency of he has a possession, he drives at the wrong possession, and then you saw plays tonight where he, you know, he did the same play the right times. So there's the, he's still trying to evaluate and just pick his spots in terms of when I'm open to 3 and someone's closing hard on me, do I take the shot or do I drive to the basket? That's it. That's going to be a progression for him. Same thing with IQ, where IQ was figuring out when do I shoot the floater? What's the correct distance from the basket that I should shoot the floater? Um, he used to jump into people for fouls. Now he's more controlled. He's more effective doing it. He's smarter in doing it. Grimes is going to go through the same progression. I just hope that we're patient enough with these players because the team is going into this win now kind of mentality with the front office and the coach. But we also have players that you just have to be patient with, just like you were patient with IQ. Now you're seeing IQ now is at a point where people think, you know, people want him to start. 
Mm-hmm. That was not the conversation last year, the year before. You know, it was a conversation last year because Burks was the point guard, but <laughs> it was more of let's see, let's see him play. Let's see what he has. This year, there's no dispute. Like, IQ's making a case, but that took a few years. Grimes is going through the same thing. So I think you have two very good players, and that's why the whole OG thing is interesting, and I think it connects with RJ too because it, I think it does have an effect on, on Grimes if you if you do trade for an OG, at least yeah. short. Yeah, man, as CP says, not everyone is going to be part of this team moving forward, but I agree with you on that. It's going to take Grimes some time, but, you know, I think for right now, Grimes is – you want that height in the starting rotation, but look. Quickly's going to close, which is a more important part of that game, man. That's that's where you want to see it. But let's get back to the Discord. We got D Block seventeen fifty five on the line with us. D Block, what's going on, man? Hey, Amy. Yes, sir. What's going yes. on? Good evening, fellas. Uh, let's get to the heart of the matter. Mm. Um, Tibbs shows no accountability whatsoever. I'm so tired of hearing him says we have to go see the videotape. He don't make no in-game adjustments. And even if we got OG, do we really? Do I really want him? He's a good player. But you tell me. And I got, I got, I got a good question for you. In the four years he's been here, who has really developed? So if we got OG, will he develop him right? I just well, don't see it. I got a question. He don't, he don't hold Randall accountable for nothing. Randall does whatever. I watch these games every night, and it frustrates me that he dribbles this ball, this coaching staff, nobody. Somebody has to hold this man accountable for the way this team played. He that's holds bonehead plays, so that's why my team does what they do. Let I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and it hurts me every, every, every other night when I watch this team. How do you, you call play? timeouts, and we usually you... turn the ball over? Do you like the way Quickly's been playing, and do you like the way the Grimes has been playing? I do, but my, my, my I, I love the way Grimes played. Just he rushes his three pointers. So, do you think that's more of a Tibbs thing, or do you think that's just all the players by themselves, or do you think Tibbs is putting him in position to to do better? I, I me, I think I think it's more with practicing because even like right now, you look at this team, RJ can't guard nobody. He brings in Mister Tippy Toe, and I'm referring to iHeart. He can't jump. He guards nobody. Why are we not playing a zone? If we play the zone, this would help the players who has lack of defense. I'm telling you, if we play the zone, this will help. He has no accountability. He makes no in-game adjustments. And exactly what um, J.D. said earlier. Mm -hmm. We got enough time. Why are you putting the ball in Randall's hand? Randall is a turnover waiting to happen. I, I I just I just tips drive me crazy. I'm sick of the front office. And then, and the whole thing with um Redis, we gave up a first round pick. If it was the second round, I wouldn't be. But the man is sitting on the bench. And, and I, you know what? I don't. That's why I gotta question the front office because y'all made this trade. And if you had an issue with Redis, you should have figured that out last year. You bring the man in, and even with Obi, I, it, it hurts. It pains me. I see Obi always on the perimeter. Just want to shoot three. His game is not developing, so you should trade him because Obi, you just you're not using him right. And I'm t- I'm telling you right now, you trade Obi, 
You tell you trade Redis, I promise you, wait till they get on another team. And when they play us, they're gonna go off. Mm. Because Tibbs is not a t- he just he don't make the adjustments. We need a better coach. And if you I heard you, I keep hearing people saying, well, if it wasn't if we don't if we uh got rid of Tibbs, there's a lot of other coaches. You can bring in a Utah Jazz former coach. You can get Mark Jazz. I'm telling you, he's not a player's coach. He always look angry. He yells, how you how you take Obi out after a couple of minutes? I don't even think he gave Redis a fair chance. And it's a crying shame we got to trade for a wing when you got a six, eight wing sitting there. You put that on the side. You a coach. That, and you got assistant coaches. You let them coach. You let them coach these players properly. So if we bring in OG, you think you think that's gonna make a difference? I can't see that unless you bring in an established player ready to go. Something like we'd have got Mitchell Donovan. All right. What, what's your name, man? What's your name? Where are you calling him from? My name is Derek. I'm from the Bronx. I'm just a passionate. I'm just a passionate Nick fan. I sit here, I watch these games, I listen to the show, and it just frustrates me. And you know Derek, what? Winning sometimes right. cover a lot of things, and lately that's what it is. Because even come on, Randall, come on. He has no IQ. He doesn't make nobody better. And truth be told, that's where the issue runs in with RJ, too. All right. All right. Appreciate your call, Derek. Appreciate you calling in. That's Derek from the BX. Oh, man. He's got a lot to say. I'm going to throw that to the chat. Chat. Rate that call in the chat. Five being facts, one being trash. My Where man was with that right now. My man was so hype. I, I. There's a new, I guess there's a new player called Mitchell Donovan in the NBA. Mitchell Donovan. There we go. He said, no, 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 you know what he did? He put the last name with the comma, then the first name, man. He's going, he's going, you know, professional. Hey, maybe we could have gotten Mitchell Donovan. Mitchell Donovan. <laughs> that okay. guy. Yeah, he, he said a lot of things. One of the things that, two things that, that, you know, two takeaways from his call. Number one, when he talked about decision-making in key situations. His team continues to show uh, offensively and defensively in key situational basketball. We don't make, we don't make sound decisions. We don't, we don't know how to close games. We don't know how to close quarters. We don't know how, um, how to play effectively or make a good decision. And and it's a lot of low IQ basketball going out there in key situations. And so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how you get better there. And and I think that's where coaching comes into play. When you see deficiencies on your roster, your personnel on the floor, you have to lead your team. You have to lead late game in situations. You have to go in with a plan. Like, okay, do you wanna say Julius Randle's a low IQ player? All right, then don't put him in situations where he has to make decisions. It's very, it, I mean, it, 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 I want to say it's simple. It's really not that simple, but you can design situations to where you don't expose um, your, the, the deficiencies of your team in, in situational basketball. Uh, the second thing that, that he said there was Tibbs. He reminds me a lot of Joe Judge. I don't know if you know fans really watch the MSG Network's oh, uh, post game interviews. This is I hate the one thing I hate about the way Tibbs does post games, and it has not been talked about. And I mentioned it privately to to CP. I said I hate every time we lose, 
and they ask Tibbs certain questions about certain situations, he always says, well, you know, I got to watch the film before I can answer that. I got to watch the film. I got to watch the tape. I got to watch the film. You know, I got to I got to take a look at that before I can say. And then what happens is he takes a, you know, he the next game comes and he doesn't get asked about that question again because he knows he's not going to ask. The next game, you're going to ask some questions about that game. So he's getting away with that. Mm. It's a smart strategy. Like you say, I got to take a look at the film. Well, (laughs) the Knicks play the Heat or or whoever they play in in a day or so. And by the time that day comes, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to get asked about that again. And Joe Judge used to do that and fans used to get tight. And I think eventually that type of behavior does not end well with the fans because, you know, smart individuals. In New York. New York, we, we, New York, we catch on quick, man. Look, you're already calling it what it is. Because sometimes they, they do ask him a decent question, and, and I look forward to the answer. And he goes, well, I gotta, you know, I got to take a look at that. You know, who'll give you, the, you know who'll give you the, the thoughtful, detailed answer that you're looking for, J.D.? Evan Fournier. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know that playback. Oh, yeah. You know, he'll, he's going to speak whatever's on his mind. I actually appreciate honesty like that, man. And going into, like, details and break it down, I actually do respect stuff like that. But hey, that's what the coach we got right now, man. I'm also get, I'm getting to the point where it's like I'm starting to see the ceiling, and we're getting ready, man. It's You're like, a tip supporter. You love tips. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, you can call me an apologist. You can call me all those things. All right, but I'll say this: be like Tibbs, exactly as that graphic says. <laughs> no, nah, but in all seriousness, like. As you start watching this team win and you're, you're like, especially when we played the Nets, man, and we see how that offense just moved with Jacques Vaughn and how it just was so crisp, the rotating on defense. Like, you just saw how everyone just bought in. It's starting to move at, like, it's starting, it's like butter, man. Like, you're, you're watching, like, you're watching this unfold, and I'm like, why can't we do that? And then when you have to start seeing the heroics of these players in crunch time, man, when you watch, Jalen Brunson, for the most part, and you're seeing guys just do stuff, and you're like, that wasn't part of the scheme. That wasn't part of that. What's going on here? So, like, you see the talent of this team is, like, reaching the ceiling with the coach, and I'm like, what would a new coach do? You know, you look at Utah. You know, they got a new head coach out there. Even though they're, they're, they're in the Wemby sweepstakes once again, they're competing at a high level. You know what I mean? Like, at least in a night, night in and night out basis. Not turning to wins, but at least they're competing. You know what I mean? I look at other teams. I see these young coaches coming in, ones that we – and we were talking about this all stage. Like, na- the names that – used to be like, oh, who are the names out there? You know? Oh, is it a Mark Jackson? Is it Phil Jackson? You know, who, who's out there that we can go get? Right now, it's like Quinn Snyder, as the caller said. So – And, and I, I hate that when, when people be like, well, who, who's a better option out there? Who's a better option out there? Like, that's so cliche-ish and old school. Who's the better option? Like – just because Tom Thibodeau may be a bigger name than some of these young players, the young young coaches, young other young candidates, it's a new era. Like, just look at the NFL. Like, there's no longer these established names that are getting a lot of these positions. It's it's it's, it's going to a lot of coordinators. It's going to a lot of young guys. People, you know, you're taking risks. Look at Utah. You go from Quinn Snyder. You can you could have said the same question. Who's who's a better option out there? They're overachieving this year, and that's not that wasn't even their plan. So look at Udoka. You think the Nets looking at the, the Nets, the Udoka was an assistant on their coaching staff, and then they try to hire him. 
And do you think when the Celtics hired him, they thought from Brad Stevens, who's the better option? Just because, you know, you may have a more, a bigger name doesn't necessarily mean that if you make a move, it's, it's you're downgrading. You know, you, all you're doing is really changing philosophy. Just like Steve Nash. Steve Nash was a way better player than Jock Vaughn. Steve Nash is coming from a little bit of the Golden State. You know, he, was, he had those connections. Um, Kevin Durant, like a lot of things tell you Steve Nash is going to be a way better coach than Jock Vaughn. Somehow, Jock Vaughn got the opportunity and they're, they're defending. <laughs> they're, they're playing better defense now. You know, they didn't. They didn't Kyrie is locked in, man. Kyrie is locked in. And look at Kyrie now since all that stuff. I haven't heard no Kyrie drama, nothing. He is locked so, in. So sometimes, yes, when you think about, you know, other names and you look at Tom Thibodeau, it, it can, you know, I can understand you saying, well, Tom Thibodeau's experience, this and that and the fourth. Man, you got to take some risks sometimes. Forget all that. If, 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 because a game like tonight, I can understand the fan that says, you know, we should be better. I understand we're with 500. We should be a few games even better than 500. I can understand people saying, you know, did, did Tibbs need more players tonight? We didn't need OG tonight. We didn't need, we didn't need not Donovan Mitchell to win tonight. We're we have on the Cavs, my man. Yo, we're two on one on the Cavs right now in this season. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's so. like, like, so, you know, that, that's, that's going to be an interesting topic for, for, for months to come because I don't think Tibbs going to get fired this year anyways. We'll see, man. And the, the thing that, you know, the thing is that he's a, he's a Knicks fan from the tri-state area. You know, it's tough because you want to see your guys go out there and succeed. You know the amount of work that he puts in. And, and you, you want to get behind all of that too, right? But then you start seeing, you get down to the product, you watch the night in and night out, and you start saying, what's happening here? You know what I mean? And, like, I get second season, like, I'm always one for continuity because we're just so used to it. But when, when you're starting to see your team that has been – that we've had some continuity now for the last couple of years, three, four years, we've had some continuity outside of the head coach, players-wise. you got to start evaluating saying, what's the next move in order to get us to that level? Is it the player? Are the players talented enough? And the players – our talent, like, we're above 500 still. You know, you know what I mean? We're, we're in these games. We're not getting blown out as we did early in the season. So the talent's there. It comes down to the execution and the finite things that, you know, the, min- the, the, the small things, those tweaking, the adjustments, the in-game, all that stuff, where you start to get the most out of the players. But that's a conversation we can continue, to continue another day. We're about to wrap this show up soon. So make sure to check out Manscaped. Make sure to use the code KFTV. All right, get that 20% off. All right. We're all, we all got uh, Manscaped over here, JDCP, myself. You know, we love it. Highly recommend it. Make sure to use the KFTV promo code to get 20% off and free shipping and handling. Now let's go to the last call of the night, the closer, BB Shark. BB Shark, what's going on, man? How are you doing? What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Oh, snap. I'm, I'm closing. Yes, uh, this is you're the closer tonight. Mariano Rivera. Uh, this is Bobby from Utah. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you for taking my call, guys. Um, What's going on, Bobby? How you doing? Uh, I just wanted to call in, like, two things that really ticked me off about this game. Like, I know we missed Mitch, but why can't we finish our defense with rebounds? Like, it was crazy. Like, 
there were so many possessions where we just didn't fit. We played great defense and we just didn't rebound the ball. And yeah, just like, and then, and then we had that one where uh, I heart tapped the ball out like four times and we just rush up threes. Like why, why couldn't we get like a solid possession there? And then my second thing, I'm with the last caller D block, man, Brunson deserved that last shot in regulation. The way he was playing and the charge that he drew, he deserved that shot. That was on Tibbs. That's on Randall, man. Ah, like I, I, I'm with Ari. I think we should sell high on him because wow. he's not he's not that dude when it counts. And uh, I just want to close out with the Magic Johnson pass from Grimes to iHeart. That was like the hypest play of the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for taking my call, guys. No doubt, no doubt, man. Thank you. Appreciate you calling in. Appreciate appreciate your support of the show. Hey, rebounding. How many times did I have to watch tonight the Lakers, like, and even us, man? We had four offensive possessions and we couldn't knock down a shot. We chose three pointers. We could have just drove right in, man. I was besides myself watching all that unfold. I was like, how do we have, and it's usually the other way around. It's you, the script's usually on us where it's like, oh, they're about to get four re- offensive rebounds and, we, and we're not playing defense. Now we're playing defense, or I should say playing defense to get the offensive rebounds, and then now we're just choosing to be three-point specialists when tonight's not the night. We're not hitting our three-pointers, and yet that's the way we want to go out. That bothered me. You, you, that, want, that you want to shoot threes. You know, the game is, the game has, I mean, just look at the Brooklyn Nets game. How many more threes they made over us and, and, and all that. So 22. Yeah, 22 it, 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 it's a game of threes now. But again, it's situational basketball. Every possession, you don't have to shoot a three. And every situation doesn't have to result in a three. And that was a very frustrating possession. Um, the type of looks that we got, Randall shooting a contested three. I'm like, come on, man. It, it, it's, it was frustrating. The Grimes thing he said is interesting because I think a game like tonight, Grimes shows you the potential. He goes 0 of 5 from 3, yet he still has 12 points. Why? Because of all those twos they hit. I mean, when a guy, you saw that reverse layup. Did you see how athletic that play looked? How smooth that play looked? Those are plays that shows you ability. And that ability is what you take in the offseason and you expand on that skill set so that you can have a more complete game a la what Emmanuel quickly has done in his progression. Mm-hmm. So when I look at a game like tonight, I think about, you know, maybe a year from now, you know, where Grimes' game could be at once he starts putting it together in terms of being able to hit the three and, and being able to attack the rim in terms of efficiently. I've always said this about IQ, and we're seeing it now. IQ has all the analytics in his favor, all the plus this and plus that and all this stuff. And I always told, I, I told my friend George and, and, and Keith from Sports Vibes TV, I always tell him this. I said, the day that IQ starts hitting that three, the day that IQ starts actually being efficient, that kid is going to go to a new level. And we're seeing that now. Same thing with Grimes. Once Grimes starts hitting that three effectively and he puts it together with being able to drive, maybe we'll see Desmond Bain-like player, which is a player that I've compared 
Grimes a lot to in terms of potential where he could get at if he puts it together. So, you know, um, hopefully we, we, we continue to see Grimes be more aggressive because I think he needs to be more aggressive. He's still a little too passive for me. Yeah, how about those, how about those uh, combo dribble moves he was trying to pull out today, trying to do the step back? Stuff like that, man. I want to see more of that because there's definitely another level that we have not seen. You talk, and I like the IQ, you know, you're watching IQ progress and, and the frustration. This is, what go, this is what happens. I know we haven't really had draft picks like that to really watch grow and evolve. But they're not even their prime yet. They're still young. You know what I mean? So you're watching IQ, what he's doing right now this season, becoming more efficient, as you noted. Wait until Grimes becomes into his third. And this is really his first year getting a lot of minutes. This is like, what, game 87, 88 for him? Think about that. He's finally played a little over a full NBA season right now. He finished last year with an injury. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what Grimes can do for this team moving forward. Hopefully you can keep Emmanuel quicker around. Um, yeah, man. This is, a, this is a key week. Key week, Alex. You've now lost two in a row. And you lost the first game tonight of a, is it a four-game homestand? Because I know it's a, it's a week homestand. I know this whole week we're home. I don't know if we're home after this week going into next week. But I know, like, what the next three games are, are at the Garden, too. Yep, we got Miami on Thursday. We got the Clippers on Saturday. First of a back-to-back with Philly on Sunday. And then they they go on a, a small little road trip to Orlando and Philly the following week, and then they're back home for two games. But we're talking about like we talked about at the beginning of the show: Miami, Clippers, Philly. It's a tough, it's a tough, uh, tough matchup this week, man. Tough matchup. But I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not I hear you. No, I hear you. These, I mean, the Heat. Go beat the Heat. They're right there with you. This is not like. I, I, the Heat get all this crazy respect and Spoh's the best coach in the NBA and all this other stuff. They're not the same Heat in the past. They're not. The team is declining. Like, they're not heading that way. Pat Riley is actually at a crossroads right now and trying to figure out what he's going to do with the team. Because you have Jimmy Butler getting up there in age. You have Victor Oladipo is not the same player as before. Kyle Lowry is, you know, that W word. He's, he's you know, I don't want to say it, but you know, car, you know, car wash. He's he's getting there. It's not the same Heat team. I mean, come on, go beat the Heat. So I understand the Philly game is going to be tough, but when you beat the Cavs healthy, you go out and you beat the Celtics on the road. I'm at a point with this team, I'm not trying to hear excuses, bro. get, Get some good wins, especially when you're home. You're home the whole week. Let, let's see you respond, man. You want to keep this coach, you, you know, this front office wants to back this coach and be all lawyer and all this stuff. Well, let's see it. Let's see this coach put this team in a position to win. They were in a position to win tonight, and it didn't happen. You're so let's, for, let, let, let's go back and let's try to win on Thursday night. You're asking for a team that's under 500 at home to have a good week at home. They're 12 and 14 right now, 15 and 11 on the road. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. Hopefully they can cut, get some W's this week, bounce back on top, but that's it, man. That's, that's it for this show. Thank you to Knicks nation for tuning in. We got 1000 of you tuning in right now, rocking with us. We appreciate you. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. We got 265 likes right now from what I'm seeing on, 
on the YouTube channel. We need more likes than that. We got a thousand of you watching. We need more likes than that. You know what else we need? We need you guys to make sure to subscribe to the channel. We're on the road to 60K. We got, we got 58.6 thousand subscribers right now. Let's make sure to get 60K. Make sure to tell your friends, tell your family members, share this with your cats, your dogs, whatever pets you got. All right, tell them about the wave. Tell them about the movement over here at Knicks Fan TV. Make sure to chop up all the audio too. And if you can't listen and tune in on the YouTube channel, you know what else we got? We got all the podcast platforms too. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We're located at all those platforms. So you got no reason to miss out on any of these shows. Also, we're not doing player ratings tonight. No need to do that. We're too angry to be doing that. So make sure to go check out KnicksFanTV.com. Make sure to go check out KnicksFanTV Remy's. Remy's recaps, you can find them every day after a game has been played. He goes through in-depth analysis about every single player's performance, gives you a rating for all of them, even gives you what you've been asking all of us for, to give coaches ratings, he gives you a coach's rating. So if you want to know how he feels about Tom Thibodeau after each and every single game, make sure to go check it out. He'll give it to you right there. Uh, pause. <laughs> Flagrant three to end the game. End Maybe the show. Three. Flagrant three. Hey. So anyway, make sure to go check out KnicksFanTV.com. Make sure to check to support all of our sponsors, Prize Picks, uh, Manscaped, uh, Athletic Greens, you name it. We'll catch you later on the next show. Hit them likes up. Hit them likes up. Let's get to 500 before we 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 close up. And and definitely uh, thank you for supporting the show. And you know, shout out to the mods. Shout out to to everyone backstage. Shout out to the channel members for sure. Shout out to the channel members. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Stock Chasers. Thank you for everyone for supporting. Great show, man. Wait, can't wait for the next one, Alex. Thanks. Salute to the mods, Knicks Nation. We appreciate all you. We'll catch you on the next one. We out. Peace. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.